Sports Stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. I'm your host, Greg, and with me for basically his one-year anniversary with the show, whether you realize it or not, I got him a gift. I don't know if he got me one. It's Paul. Paul, how you doing? Greg, I'm doing great. I'm uh, actually in the exact same studio I was a year ago. Yeah, you're sitting on a nice deck. You're on vacation. There's a sunset behind you. I hear birds chirping. It's uh, the outdoor studio down here on the south coast of Massachusetts. It's just beautiful here. I can hear the ocean. I can smell it. <laughs> or is that your drink that's no. sloshing around? <laughs> no, I, I can I can smell and hear the ocean <laughs> in the evenings. Oh, okay. I can see so laughter from here. Yeah, I can thank see you. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, can you believe it? It's been a year. Since you first graced the sports stance with your golden boys. Well, it is see, it has flown by. Um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And, you know, I think about our first show with a live audience a year ago. And, you know, it, it really has uh, taken on a... Downhill since then, I know. No, I think it's, it's <laughs> taken on a life of its own. Thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to know that. Since, you know, you are on here most weeks. It'd be terrible if you're like... I actually hate this. This is our breakup. It's been a good year, but got to run. You know, people are breaking up via Skype and Teams. Yeah. Imagine it's, that. People used to text the breakup. Now they're doing it over a, a video meeting. <laughs> at least you're looking the person in the eye instead of a text or ghosting them. Right? Too funny. <laughs> actually, Paul, there is something we need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired. I don't know if this is going to work out. I think you should do the show yourself. Okay, I, I might be this coming week. I'm kicking myself off the show. <laughs> I might, I might be. Uh, you're gonna have to show me all those gadgets and gizmos if you take a week off. <laughs> all right. Well, Paul, again, happy one year anniversary. Basically, um, one year anniversary is paper. So hopefully, you have some in your house, and I'll just say it's for me. All right, I do. I have plenty of paper. Oh, good, fantastic. I'll, I'll tell your wife to like just fold it into like a nice shape, and it'll be for me. All right, sounds little good. Is it green? Little, Does it have numbers in the corners? Little origami type style. <laughs> what What did you make me? Um, it's a it's a snake. <laughs> I made you a rectangle. I made you a snowball. It's a crumpled up ball of white paper. And when you unfold it, it's a flat piece of paper. That's crumpled. It's a goose. Oh my gosh, we get off track a lot in the past year. We I could just do a whole episode of just when we get off track. Have we done more off-track than on-track? My guess might be yes. Yeah. I think we get off-track one more time than we, than we get on-track. I think the people that tune into the sports have to like physically try to search throughout the episode to see if we ever actually mention them. Well, speaking of mentioning them, Greg, it's coming back. It is. They are coming back. And one of the first to kind of come back was... This is going to be a shocker of what we're talking about, Paul. The NHL. Now, we had literally a segment like a week ago about how everybody's forgotten about the NHL. And here we are. We're starting the show off with the NHL and their hub cities, which were supposed to be Canada and like U.S. based. They were going to try to have one in each. 
which yep. just came out. The hub cities are going to be Edmonton and Toronto, most likely as long as the players approve the whole coming back situation, which if voting on next week, it's supposed to go through. But right now, the hub cities would be Toronto and Edmonton in Canada. So first, right out of the gate, what are your thoughts on a league that's majority based in the U.S.? Yes, there's like six, six teams, seven teams in Canada. I'm not great with knowing how many teams are where. But the majority are in the U.S. How do you well, think is, they feel? <laughs> how do you think I they actually, feel going to I Canada? actually think it's probably good. So so I guess Vegas was a front runner. But yes. apparently um, playing hockey in the hottest place on earth isn't a good idea. Um, you know, the numbers. has nothing to do with it. It's COVID. It's and, and people not being able to police themselves and do the right thing and you know hey if you have to take it over the border you have to take it over the border anything to keep the players healthy and i think some of them are a little bit closer to home might be six or seven teams but i think there's an awful lot of players that won't be disappointed that is true um it's an interesting move like you said vegas was one of the basically the front runner for the u.s not only because the nhl has a good relationship with vegas especially now with the golden knights there they've had a good run so far with them being there but also because players could have stayed in all the luxury hotels that are around vegas but vegas opened backed up nevada's numbers have spiked up and that basically made it clear gotta cut that it's a no-go for vegas that would have been that would have been beautiful you know the luxury I think the players would have appreciated it, but again, COVID's running wild, and you got to protect them. So off they go. Yes, it's kind of coming back all over the U.S. There's only like four or five states right now that are on the downtrend, and none of them are really probably the places you want to hold your hub cities. It's Massachusetts. You would have Boston, New York. It's still kind of iffy. Definitely not going to New Jersey, and then I think it's like. Rhode Island. So none of those four states that are on the downward trend compared to the rest of the country are going to be good options. Yeah, 35 minimum as of this morning on upward trends, some of them horrifically. And, you know, you're right. You mentioned those states. And I don't know if you stayed in Boston, way too much people interaction. All yeah, the where, And also, where are you staying? Yeah. Like, there's not that many. Yeah, there's hotels, but are they going to be up? up to standards for what you're going to need for players to at least be comfortable and be able to relax and not like be like, Hey, this 200 year old motel, they can take you. And you can be the one person in the elevator that goes one floor a day. Yeah. Not a good move. I think, uh, they, they have to do what they have to do. I don't care where they play it. It's going to be televised. You can't go to the games anyway. Yeah. You don't know. You, yeah, exactly. A hockey rink is a hockey rink. Right. There's nothing that differentiates them. It's not like a baseball field where it's like if all the games were played at Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium, you'd be like, well, so certain players are going to have an advantage compared to others or type situation. It's not like that. It's yeah, a well, ho- hockey rink is plain and simple. All the dimensions are the same. That's why for basketball, you can stay in one spot, too. I think the. I, I read something about the players being happy with. I mean, clearly they want fans, but 
when you're playing hockey, there's a lot going on, and the crowd's in the game. You're not hearing your teammate yelling at you or yelling to you. Um, a lot of these teams are saying, hey, this might, you know, clearly not baseball, but a lot of these teams are saying, hey, this is pretty good. Although baseball, how about if somebody's stealing? You're going to hear it. I mean, yeah. crowds taken out of it. It's it's going to be a different different game in most of these. Oh, and definitely. That's definitely something to consider with the lack of noise is going to create a whole different communication type system. Teams might actually have to come up with new ways of disguising what they're going to do and baseball. Who knows? We could have more cheating scandals. <laughs> Maybe they could have the fan button and have different. I mean, they, they could One pump in speech pushing the clap, the applause button over the PA system. They, they could have, they could pump in fake crowd noise, but again, also what's the point? Let us, if this is what, how it's going to be, let us experience what it's like to hear just the players. Yeah. Grant it. They might even have to. They might have to have like just like slow elevator music playing the whole time because the players are probably going to curse up a storm, and I, there's no way you can bleep it that quickly. I feel like even if what they're the delay, because if it's a bunch of cursing and you're just constantly hitting it and half the game's muted anyway, yeah, what's the point? Up. Have the announcers and just some like background like elevator music swaying. <laughs> hey, is hockey doing what baseball's doing and? No announcers. You can you can be in the booth for your home game, and know. they have neutral feeds, and they're going to be announcing the away games from the studio. Hmm. So I, I, you know, I'm sure because they only allow so many people in, right? Fenway, yeah. they can have 35 people in there. Um, that aren't so, the teams. And, and you know, you have automated cameras. You got uh, be interesting. Be, it will be, be. really interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. The one advantage of this move, though, from what I read, it will be cheaper for the NHL to play in two Canadian cities compared to one Vegas, like one U.S. and one Canadian. Overall, it will be cheaper throughout the whole thing, which is good for them because right now they're expected to lose about a billion dollars worth of revenue. Yikes. Yeah. Well, think about that. If the NHL is going to be potentially losing that, Think about the other leagues, and especially like the NFL, how many billions they could potentially lose. Oh, I, this is, I think, everything about this season is about satisfying the fan base with something. Think Set- about salvaging as much as you can, too. Yeah, that's it. Salvage what you can salvage. Keep the fan base engaged. Um, you know, and I know we're not talking about baseball, but thank God they made a move. And, yeah. you know, they have a lot of work to do in the future, but it's... It's moving forward, and I think people will appreciate it. But, boy, I tell you, one person gets sick or this thing, you know, I, I hope they have plan B. I hope they have plan B, too, because if not, things are going to get interesting. And, Paul, thinking, speaking of interesting, NHL, That's I think that's all we got to say. Yeah. We're going to move on to the next sport that might be the most inter- infect, infected, impacted. It could be infected too. I mean, there are players already popping up with the virus, so you know it's kind of it kind of works there. But the NFL, NFL, wow, I am just all over with my words. The NFL, the NFL could be impacted. I think uh, I I heard sloshing, but I don't. I was going to say, I think end. you hear sloshing on my end. Uh, oh man, that seltzer is really hitting me hard. <laughs> but the NFL. Is hopefully coming back, and if they do, you're going to go to MyBookie to place your bets, Paul. MyBookie is the place to go with sports all coming back. 
They're going to match your deposit up to $1,000 when you use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS when you sign up. That's 12OUNCESPORTS when signing up on my bookie. You don't want to miss your chance to cash that ticket during the NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, when they all come back. You don't want to miss that chance. I, I think you can even bet on NASCAR. And you don't want to miss it all when you go to my bookie. Again, use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. They'll match your deposit up to $1,000. You can't beat that deal especially with the NFL, because let's be honest, everybody gambles on the NFL. So I think we all needed our fix of sports. Everybody's happy they're coming back. I think there's a pretty big percent of the population that's happy that they can gamble. And I think uh, my bookie is just the right place to go. It is. And you are definitely right. There's definitely that large amount that have all had an itch that they have not been able to scratch unless they place bets on Korean baseball. Which is popsicle sticks with people in the stands over there too yeah uh quick side note because that just made me think of it did you see what the a's are going to be offering their fans this season what is that you can pay up from 49 dollars to 129 dollars to get a cutout of yourself placed in the stands and the people that are paying 129 dollars if a foul ball hits your cutout you will get that foul ball i like that that's it. And every all the money goes to charity. But, you know. Yeah. All the money goes to charity, which really just means the A's owner because he's a stingy old billionaire. So do you think that somebody in the organization said, you need some work and this is what we should do? Well, they also probably said, hey, have you been watching Korean baseball? And he probably said, no. Well, well, you haven't. Well, they do this. <laughs> he probably went, oh, good idea. Good thinking. Yeah. Good thinking. I could use some good PR. Exactly. But yeah, that just that little stick blip just made me think about that. Anyway, we're going to talk some NFL. The NFL came out this week basically saying, well, we don't feel comfortable having four preseason games. We're canceling the Hall of Fame game. We're just going to cut it down to two preseason games. And that kind of leads to a few different issues that I can think of. One being, how do guys adjust from having the previous four games to two games to get ready for the season, to get ready with a new team such as Tom Brady or Cam Newton, who we're going to talk about. And how are undrafted rookies supposed to kind of show what they got with training camp and only two games of live action? That's a lot of pressure for six seventh rounders and undrafted guys who are trying to be number 52, 53 on a roster. Two games, they're not going to even get to play at least in half of one of those games because starters are going to get need to get their reps. So what do you think of the change? What do you think? How do you think it affects the players? How do you think it affects roster cuts? Well, I think they were planning on going to three games next year with the expansion of the regular season, but to two is pretty extreme. So they got to get the season underway to be on time. I feel bad for those guys. They're playing their hearts out. They're practicing. They're killing themselves. And the, that high-round draft pick needs face time. And the undrafted need face time. And it could be a year they miss. Uh, it, it's it's really going to be on this coaching staff to make some fast, hard decisions. Because what could be a bad decision for a team could be a boon for somebody else if they go... to a practice squad or make another team and they turn into a hero yeah exactly i mean we've seen it happen time and time again with four preseason games teams cut guys they don't 
they don't think he has it. Then another team picks him up and becomes a star in the league, and you're like, wait, where was he before this? Oh, he was on the Browns team, like preseason team, and then they cut him. <laughs> what idiots! They lost out on a huge talent, and you're like, we had four games. We thought we saw and knew what we knew. Now you're gonna give us half those games, and you have to make just the same decision. Like one of these guys could be the next Victor Cruz, and you're not gonna know it because Victor Cruz took, I think, after his first game, people were kind of like, oh, who is this guy? Second game, all right, he's not bad. And then the third, fourth games. He really showed what he had and became a star wide receiver for the Giants for a few years. You don't get that chance potentially in two games. No, no. And I guess it's a level playing field because they're all having two games. And And I understand it. Yeah, I was was not aware that when it was four games, some teams only played three. Um, But that said, two games, man, I don't know. It's just – it's a situation where the coaches better make darn good decisions. And I'm sure they have scouted and they're relying heavily on those notes. But, man, you could you could kiss away a great player if you don't have that time to give him some time on the field. Yeah, I mean, guys like Andy Reid probably don't have as much stress doing this because they kind of have their roster set, at least their starters. If you miss out on a guy that's good enough to be your fourth offensive guard, like backup, whatever. But teams like a team like the Patriots, we'll say, who they're not really in rebuild mode, but they're replacing a lot of key guys. And those key guys are going to be from the guys who were kind of your backups last year getting pushed into starter spots. So then you have to replace those backups. You could have a seventh round pick or an undrafted guy that's supposed to fill that role but doesn't seem to cut it. And you cut him, then another team comes along. Maybe it's the Jets. Maybe it's a team in your own division. Picks him up. He then is a force of nature against your team the next five, six years. It is going to be something to watch this year. Um, and, you, and you mentioned the Patriots. They had a lot of, they had a mass exodus. So yeah. they've got some positions to fill and to choose who's going to be that starter. Um so By the I, way, I love the I love the plane background. It just gives such a good live effect of you being out on the deck by the beach. By the way. So no, a year ago, a year ago, um, the first live show. Fireworks, uh, yeah. We had the fireworks, and I get a neighbor that's nice. going to blow the hand off. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? So that? Yes, sirens. You'll know they went south quick. Is a hand getting blown off in this in this world we live in today with a pandemic the worst thing? Well, then you gotta go to the hospital. Don't want to be there. <laughs> Maybe just yeah. tape up the stump. Obviously, they have the two preseason games right now only scheduled because of the whole virus situation. So I get it. But when you have to look at it from just the plane, how the players are going to deal with it, how is it going to affect teams and their decision making? It's a huge thing. I mean, Tom Brady, yes, he's a 20-year vet, but he's starting with a whole new offense. He is starting with wide receivers he does not know. He's starting with a tight end. Luckily, he does know. So that'll at least give him some comfort for the few first few weeks of the season, especially, but it takes a lot to get timing with your receivers, with your offensive line, learning kind of how they work together. And you're not also probably going to have what they've been doing the past few years. My voice has went super high on that for some reason. It's like I hit puberty. Good you're for me. Very excited about this. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like in the past few years, I don't think they're going to be able to do 
scrimmages where it's kind of inter-squad, where it's like the Eagles and Giants hang out for a week and do scrimmages and do type things like that. We are at least getting to see your undrafted or seventh-round guy or that guy trying to make the cut go up against another team's players. You're just seeing him against your guy day after day. So you could be having him go up against somebody that you're like, he's on the edge too. Would Whoever beats out who in this, that's who we're going with instead of seeing them against some other guy on another team. Everybody's, Wait, reading, like, everybody's reading and playing out of the same literally playbook um, yeah. for this. So true picture, probably not. Good picture, okay. Um, it's going to see... To see how this plays out is going to be pretty cool. I think they have, um, I think to your point, Andy Reid knows exactly what he's doing. Um, Bill Belichick, I think, knows what he's doing. It's I just a matter think of getting it done. He, yeah, yeah, he getting it done exactly, and I'm sure he's not done. Um, but anyway, I, I, two games. I just want the season to get started. I know, but like in when you look at it, also you think of a coach like. In this AFC East, Brian Flores, the Dolphins coach, they drafted fifth overall Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama. He had injuries. He was coming off of a hip surgery. You don't know exactly how he's going to be feeling. He's healthy right now, it looks like, but are you going to decide to make him your starter after a preseason game? Because that's all you're going to basically get to see him for, one full game on tape potentially. And then you're going to either decide he's our starter or not, like that that's a lot of pressure also on a coach because you don't want to throw out a rookie quarterback right at the beginning if you don't think he's ready but you also don't want to hold him back if he is ready but he needed a little bit to get warmed up because then it's a mental thing also you're mentally kind of having to play chess with all these guys and kind of getting a feel for them so i get it the whole virus situation they're being safe it's smart i i'm not mad at the nfl for doing this but as sports fans and looking at this from that aspect you got to wonder how it affects the players and how it's going to affect the product that is able to be put onto the field so they're asking all of these players to quarantine they're asking them to quarantine two weeks before they travel for a game and it's it's every sport it's it's you know other than the sports and the bubbles these guys i mean they interact with an awful lot of people. Um, this season could go south pretty darn quick. And I hope every single player and every single coach and every single trainer and every single janitor takes it serious. And, and yeah. so so we can have a season that gets us to um, a, a, a Super Bowl that – imagine a Super Bowl with no fans and no halftime show. I feel like they would almost have to have a halftime show of like some singer at their home. Yeah, maybe. And they, oh, they're in a building around the corner, and they yeah. put it on the Something. jumbo phone, three or four, and get somebody really big. Yeah, you got to get like you'd have to like somehow I think pull in a few different people. Yep. And just you you would figure out how to make it work. They've been doing it this whole time. People are doing concerts from home. They'd figure it out. But it would be interesting if there was a Super Bowl game with no fans in the stand. It would obviously be a first, hopefully a last. But also... Neutral feeds and everybody's broadcasting from their garage. (laughs) You just have Joe Buck. That's fine. Oh, God. I mean, that's all. I don't mind him. Make it Joe Buck and Tony Romo and, like, 
Colin Cowherd does his random slide in from the corner for just one second. He's not, he doesn't talk. He just does a slide in and then he's off. Well, like just have the best of every, every like booth gets their one person there and they all do a thing. It, it could be like when the uh, Boston Pops played that concert you know, on a team yeah. meeting and everybody, they could all just be popping in for, for color. It could be pretty cool. The only thing I will say, I don't know if you've thought about this, but I definitely have. With Tom Brady leaving to go to the NFC, I no longer will be subjected to Tony Romo week after week calling Patriot games and basically sucking up to Tom. He did like Tom. Uh, he 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 loves Tom. He does. He does. I I think he might be like he might be trying to figure out how to get to Fox to be able to cover NFC games specifically for Tampa Bay as we speak. So how much media coverage do you think Tom Brady in Tampa is going to warrant or get? He'll get a good amount. I mean, it's gonna it comes with one. You've won six Super Bowls. You've been with one franchise for 20 years. In that 20-year run, you've been the most successful player probably ever, at least when you look at win percentages and Super Bowl appearances and wins. So... You go to a new team after that long, you're not you're saying you're not done. You at least have two years left in you. You go into a team that was seven and nine, I think they were last year. What it's makes kind of like a, twelve what, and four? What makes them successful? Getting them to the playoffs alone? They yeah. haven't been to the playoffs in years. So Tampa Bay had zero I well, and I think he will do well. I mean, he's got a loaded team. He's and and maybe if he skips around a little bit in the first couple of games, but once he gets his groove, he should be unstoppable. Well, to put it in perspective, Tampa Bay, I think over the past few years, outside of Thursday night football, because I think every team appears on it, but like Sunday night football, Monday night football, I think they've appeared in it like once over the past five years or something like that. Some crazy, like small number. They're going to be on those stations at least four or five times this year, this season alone, because of Brady being there. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big TV draw. That's a money yeah. maker. He and is since, the, he is the uh, the um, Tiger Woods of football. Yeah, he is he, for the most what? part. Yep. And with him going there, it left a hole in New England. They just had Jared Stidham seem to be the game plan, and then this week, Bill Belichick did something that I I kind of thought could be a possibility, but it, it made me look at him a different way. He's going to get my nailed it for the week, Paul. Greg, are you okay? Do I need to come up there and take care of you? You might have to because me giving Bill Belichick the nailed it award might 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 be like, maybe it's the st- stress that I'm going to be having a second child suit. I don't know what it is. But he went out, he signed Cam Newton to a base salary deal just loaded with incentives. And it's a pretty smart move. I mean, as a Patriots fan, you hear Cam Newton get signed. What thoughts go through your head? Thank God. <laughs> um, I, I, hey, Jared Stidham could be like the best thing since sliced bread eventually. Hey, Tom Brady was a nobody, right? Yep. And look what he did. Maybe Stidham's going to be the same way. Maybe Cam Newton shows him what he can do and gets signed for a longer contract for a ton of money. Somebody's going to sign him if he has a, a successful year. So Cam Newton wins. If he's successful, he gets his incentive money. Yep. He's, if he's not successful, Bill Belichick wins. 
Bill Belichick wins either way. I was going to say, um, he doesn't look bad because Cam's coming off of two surgeries. He, he's giving him a shot. Yeah, he's not. I don't think he is taking advantage. I think he has made it one heck of a shrewd business deal because we all know we learned through this whole epidemic that sports is a business. He made a great business deal, and I think Cam Newton did what he needed to do to show off what he can do this year, that he's back, he's got guts, he's got courage, and God love the guy, he's got confidence. So he does well. He's got himself set for another however many years he can get a contract for. He's yeah. got to start and stay healthy. That is true. So, yeah, it's a base salary deal. There is definitely a little flat caught for the deal, mainly from guys like Richard Sherman, other guys in the NFL who are like, how do you, how does a former MVP guy that took a team to a Super Bowl only get this deal? Well, one, he's coming off a major shoulder surgery. Nobody knows exactly where he's at with throwing, if he can still throw like he used to. Now, granted, he wasn't even that great of a passer. Don't come at me, Cam Newton fans. Look at the stats. He's average, maybe slightly above, if you want to give him that. Cam's threat was he could kind of throw, but he could also run very well. And he was a mammoth of a human being that could get you those five yards, six yards that you need on a quarterback counter run or an option run. He could get those touchdowns near the goal line without just QB sneaking it, which is what New England's going to love. They haven't had a guy that could do that in at least 20 years. <laughs> I think we I think we failed at the attempt several times towards the end of this season, this past season. Just couldn't get, get in the end zone. Yeah, you couldn't. And Cam Newton, if he's healthy, all you need him to do, he's not, he's not the guy that's going to come out and go 23 of 24. He's not putting up Drew Brees-type completion percentage where he's getting 300-plus yards, a few touchdowns, and that's week after week. Cam's the guy that's getting you 15 of 25 for like 200 yards, and if you can put 40 to 50 yards on the ground for you, you're happy. Cam's happy. He's getting a contract by somebody somewhere. What a double if it's what not on the scoreboard. Yeah. It's, if it's not the Patriots, somebody else will sign him if he's doing that because he'll show that he's healthy and back to where he was with Carolina. And right now, a lot of teams and their offensive coordinators kind of like a quarterback like Cam. Every quarterback right now kind of can run. All the young guys, if you're 30 and under, Cam's going to be 31 when the season starts. But if you're 30 and under, most of these quarterbacks can run now. Not Maybe not a lot, but enough that every game you have to watch for them scrambling for 5, 10 yards because that makes a difference sometimes in who wins. Well, you got Cam. He is 6'5". He's a freight train. Um, now, granted, he's not going to run into the tackles maybe that he was with a, with a shoulder repair. And maybe he does. Who knows? Um, but... Patriot fans are not used to it. They watch. They they used to a couple of yards and do the old second base slide and be done. Um, yeah. This guy is going to go for the 30, 40 yard run. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, Josh McDaniels has to be looking at the lips, like just coming up with play designs that he can do. Because when you don't have a motor mobile quarterback, I mean, you you only have X, Y, Z you can do with a quarterback that is a running threat. One, it makes your linebackers have to. Wait for another half second. That's another half second. Wide receiver or tight ends have to get open. Like you just, you just don't know what's going to happen sometimes. So I'm sure Josh McDaniels is ecstatic to be able to potential to work with somebody like this. Now the question we have, 
they didn't say Cam when he got signed. He's going to be number one. Like, he's not the automatic number one quarterback. He might dress like the number one quarterback because the man has fashion style, and I wouldn't be shocked if he comes in with a revolutionary, like, soldier outfit on one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to happen, gotta, I feel. He's, he's got to beat up the mascot to get number one on his jersey, right? <laughs> I think actually what's going to happen is <laughs> he's going to come out into the field, and you won't even know it. He's going to be standing with all those old guys that stand in the end zone and shoot the cannon. And you're going to be like, wait, Cam's on the field? Where is he? And they're going to be like, no, he's right there in that line with those old guys dressed up like war soldiers from the Civil War. And they're like, oh, oh crap, you're right. <laughs> and then he'll take off his wig and run onto the field. Yep, and he'll, he'll rip the jersey open like he's Superman and reveal the Patriots jersey, and it'll be a whole thing. It's definitely what's going to happen now. If Cam's a, Cam's a big listener of us. Cam, we love you. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, another great idea. Another, another great PR move. I know, right? So with with Cam there, I mean, forever it seemed like at this point, Stidham was going to be the guy. Patriots didn't seem to be making any sort of move. Nobody thought they were going to make this move, obviously, at this point. Do you think Stidham's pissed off or you think he's a little bit like motivated to be like, all right, he thinks he can come in here and take my job? Well, if he knows Bill Belichick and, and we, every, I don't know, Bill Belichick seems to pull a rabbit out of his hat more often than not, but he should be motivated. He should be motivated because if he gets a toed, it could be a one way ticket out of new England. So I think it's in bill. We trust and, and Stidham better, Uh, you know, this could be just the one year stop gap to get Stidham a little bit better, um, a little bit more mature and see how it goes. I, who knows, who knows what's, in Belichick's head, other than Belichick, and maybe it's true. I mean, and I guess to an extent, good on Cam. I think the one thing that we're missing with players, especially who are annoyed by this deal, is one, we're in a pandemic. It's not like guys can just travel all willy nilly all over the place and try out for teams and show them that they got the skills right now. There was no contract coming in for Cam, somebody made him an offer. He basically had a choice of, do I take it and see if it works out and at least get on a roster and hopefully get playing time and maybe I'm the starter and have a decent year and get another chance? Or he's kind of, or he could have taken the Colin Kaepernick route where Kaepernick had the player option. He denied it and then nobody signed him. Or because, I mean, Cam, he wasn't a player option. He was cut, but he's coming off of surgery. I mean, it's not like, Teams are clamoring for the guy that has a reconstructed shoulder as your quarterback. I think in this way, he takes the deal. He can potentially earn seven and a half million dollars. That's not chump change. And then you go from there. You see what happens. You roll the dice because if he doesn't take this deal, if he doesn't get signed by somebody this year, I mean, also in this situation, he has a chance to be the number one guy. Who knows if Cam plays again, if that's the case. If he doesn't take this opportunity, he's another year older. Granted, he might heal a little better, but now he's out of it for another year. I think it's a good move for Cam. I think it's a great move for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And if he gets that number one spot and stays healthy, the guy's looking at a mega contract. And, you know, the the Shermans of the world can take their two cents and, and go home. Listen, they just want to run those contracts up to craziness. Yeah. I don't think Bill's taking advantage. I think Bill is a smart business guy, 
and hey, seven and a half million will pay some expenses. Yeah, and you also can't really say he's taking advantage when Cam Newton got the contract and decides to sign it. Here it is. This is what I have to offer. He's made tons of money. He could have walked away. He's big. He's big into fashion. He has opportunities to go into that world and work in that world. But he decided he still wants to play. And can build that other empire along the along, you know, as, as a side job. Exactly. All right. So, final prediction. I at least said with Stidham they'd go four and twelve. I'm thinking if Cam's the starter, they at least have a chance to go eight and eight. What what are your thoughts as a Patriots fan, knowing what that team has? It's kind of lackluster in the wide receiver tight end department, but still. Yeah. So lackluster in the wide receiver and tight end department, and you got a quarterback that maybe can throw. <laughs> Instead of <him> or Cam. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, at least Cam, we know he might be able to. Stidham, the jury's out. But I, I got to tell you, um, I think it's a winning season. So. So you're going like nine and seven. Nine and seven. Just that sliver of but small. You know, I would love to be surprised and see this right into the uh, right into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked because it's the AFC East, but it's still at the same time kind of at least. I need the Patriots to at least come down for one season, like just for everybody else's sake. I think a lot of people do, and I think <laughs> I think Bill Belichick. Uh, hey. Do you think he's been working on this for a while, or do you think he called him Saturday morning and said, "Hey"? No, I'm guessing. I'm guessing this got worked out at least over the past month or so. Yeah, I would have to assume at least it's kind of been in the works, or at least communication's been made. At least that would be my assumption. Yep. Speaking of communication, Paul, if you don't know by now and you haven't checked it out, you should go check out Zingo TV. Zingo TV is the place to go. For all your 12 on sports shows, you can catch my show and all others on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, but now you can also watch it live on Zingo TV. Zingo TV has added 12 on sports with a long list of channels. And now if you're on your smart TV, just download the app and flip it to channel 761 to catch all of our live 12 on sports programming plus replays. All you got to do is download Zingo TV, that's Z-I-N-G-O TV, and use promo code 12 ounce, that's 120Z, and check out the latest shows, blogs, and all other podcasts like ours on Zingo TV. Awesome. I think, hey, why not, right? Um, why not? Some enlightening, visionary, <laughs> new ideas. It's and, all and, so amazing. You're lost for words. I get it. No, I just I, th- I just think, I, I listen to some of the things you come up with, and it blows my mind how in tune you are with these things. And I'm not that you're the only one. I'm assuming that no, twelve on sports, all of it's great, right? Why not? So exactly. And by the way, the same old talking heads. Ay ay ay. Let's yeah, let's listen well, to some fresh faces. Nobody wants to listen to Skip Bayless anymore, especially me. But anyway, <laughs> I think you work that into every show. The man, I don't know. I do because the man is just infuriating. He's already starting to work in that. No matter who wins this NBA championship, it's not hard. To win because they've all been resting for the past few months, which to me would make it harder because then everybody's at the top of their game. We've had this conversation about the hardest sport to play, and I think basketball has got to be probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest. But yeah, he's trying to make the argument. Basically, he's setting it up that if LeBron James wins an NBA championship in this run, that it's going to not have the same weight as other NBA championships have because he won it in a shortened season 
even though the season's not really shortened, it just got delayed and everybody basically had a chance to recover health-wise. Plus, he's also lost a teammate or two and have they have to get like a new replacement for them. Where other teams so far have only lost non-key players. Yeah, so I, I is that someone just wanting to be heard? Yes, it's Skip Bayless. That's exactly yeah, what controversy and I don't know. Those that makes me crazy. But it is America, Paul. He can say what he wants, whether we like it or not. And speaking of America, our birthday is Saturday, Fourth of July. It's not going to be nearly as exciting as years past because we're all going to be at home, not with each other. But anyway, we still will get the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And that we can be thankful for. Is that on the actual 4th? Yeah. All right. No matter when the 4th of July is, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest is at noon on the 4th of July. Or it starts at noon, covered, something like that. Yikes. That's early for hot dogs. (laughs) It is. And now, Paul, the question I have for you, we had this discussion last week about how many hot dogs we think we could have. The question I have for you this week is, with it approaching... Joey Chestnut will be going for his 13th title in 14 tries or four, out of the past 14 years. And then Miki Sudo will be going for her, for her seventh title, I believe, since 2014. She's won every year since then. Do they do it? At do the you same think they time? were? Yeah. Do, yeah. They're all eating the hot dogs and everything. Right at the same time. Uh, I think I think the guys go I think the women go first and the guys go second. I don't think they all do it. at the, I don't know if they do it at the same time. They might this year because of everything. Yeah. But to put it, it in perspective. It really doesn't matter. But, I mean, how do you get ready for that? So I think if you're if you're eating that many hot dogs and you're in that mode, why don't you, I, I'd say three Pete, but 14 Pete and seven Pete or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I think they both, why wouldn't they both win? Yeah, I, I don't know how. I mean, the last time Joey Chestnut lost was to Matt Stoney in 2015, I want to say. So clearly he had an off year. But he holds the world record with 74 hot dogs eaten in this competition. And Miki Sudo has eaten 41 for the women's side as the top number. Is it so, do 10 you think? Yes, I believe it's 10 minutes. Oh, my so, God. We need five hot dogs in 10 minutes. One, you believe both of them will probably repeat because at this point, like, how don't you? Yeah, it's I mean, kind of what you do. How do you get ready for it? Your stomach then, is stretched out, right? Yeah, I don't think they eat seventy-one hundred or something like that, right? <laughs> they oh. might. Who knows? They have to eat a certain amount of hot dogs. They got to kind of get used to the motion and the roll in the water. Oh. Yeah, they got to get their whole technique going. So the question it. more so is, oh. if you think both are going to repeat, you heard their top numbers are seventy-four and forty-one. What do you think the number they hit each of them individually this year is to potentially win the crown? So, big year for new things going on. Joey, he must be – is that his all-time record, 71? 74 is the 74? is his record. So, he's got to go to 75. He's got to get to 75. Yep. Do you think he gets it, though? Oh, I think so. All right. So, you're going Joey Chestnut breaks his own world record, gets 75 yep. hot dogs. Oh, my God. And then Miki Sudo has had 41 as her top number. Do you think she beats that? She hangs around the 40s and 30s is mainly the number she's in. So it's 41, even if you have seven-eighths of the 
40 second hot dog down. You got to have them all in. You have to have them so, all in. I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. She goes 42. All right. So you're giving them both got both Break Joe Chestnut and Mickey Sudo repeat for the, she repeats since 2014 as champion. He gets his 13th title in 14 years, and they both break their records for hot dogs eaten. Yep. That is impressive. But I'm going to agree with you. Why not be an optimist for the 4th of July? If 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 somebody can get 75 hot dogs in their body, I, I, <clears throat> I couldn't eat 75 hot dogs in a week. Everything else in this country has gone to shit right now. I mean, why not have some optimistic hope about people shoving wieners down their throat? It's it's <laughs> okay. I see what you did there. Hey, 15, 10 minutes of, oh. Yeah, don't don't try to think about it too much. I know it'll make I you gag. It is pretty grotesque. I want to talk about the Twinkie competition after this. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, that's that's basically, that, that was the conversation about the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. The only other, I had a fun fact for you, but it's, it's, it involves fireworks because, you know, memories of last year. Do you know how much money is spent on fireworks every year for 4th of July time? Is it a billion dollars? It is a billion dollars. Did you do some searching yourself? I actually, that was a billion dollar industry and we happen to be in a state that borders several states where you can buy fireworks and they are coming down hard or they say they are all the highway signs no longer say wear a mask and quarantine they say fireworks are illegal jail time or fines which they say (laughs) every year now it's on tv they're going to find you hey listen people are going to shoot them off people are going to blow off their digits um i don't know i i the only reason i am against them I love, you know, we watched them last year from the deck, but we also watched our dogs climb the walls. Because exactly. That Dog, no one, dogs absolutely hate fireworks. They, the, and, and, you know, one of them hides under the couch. Yours and mine go ballistic. And that's the only reason I am, I'm against it. And I'm, it's been quiet tonight. We heard a couple, but it's been quiet. And I figured they'd try to get ahead of the weekend where it's supposed to rain. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm great with private fireworks um but since this poor pooch of mine is neurotic I, i'm not looking forward to it yeah i wouldn't be out of your your dog tends to bark quite a lot oh yeah i i, I maybe i'll borrow your headphones and try to wear them <laughs> boy is she in tough shape when those go off yeah but you said something about twinkies and i'm yep. intrigued yes i believe i don't remember exactly what the number was but joey chestnut holds the record for twinkies do you at least have an idea of what the number was? I don't. I don't. You know what? Now you're going to make me break out my phone in the middle of a podcast. I, I you know. And figure it's... out how many Twinkies Joey Chestnut has eaten. This is unprofessional. I cannot believe on our year anniversary you were going to do this to me. How dare you? I mean, just it's just rude. Well, you know, I could see eating those. Um all right, the world 121 record. Is, t- 121 Twinkies. Yep, absolutely. That's impressive. That is impressive. I couldn't do that. I feel like I could do that. Not in six minutes. How about 120 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes? Ugh. I guess you'd swallow them whole. I guess so. Speaking of food, I have a start bench cup for you, Paul. This is oh, a nice good. segue. It has nothing to do with hard-boiled eggs. Okay. The 4th of July, everybody's out grilling. Everybody's out cooking food. You know, 
We're not going to do side dishes. We're going to do the main basic food you're going to find at the 4th of July cookout. We're going to start bench cut. The all-American hot dog, the all-American burger, and some good old barbecued pulled pork. I am going to start the burger. Okay. See, I didn't I didn't start with a cut this week. Developing. So I'm starting the I'm starting the burger, because boy can you make a burger any way you want it. It's true. Uh, I am benching the hot dog. Hmm. And so is, it, is it just too much of an American staple? Is that why? Well, I like a burger better. I like a burger better. A I, low, I do like a hot dog. This is a tough one. I, I'm, I know. Oh, I I'm thought you figured out. I, it, it's, it's hereditary, I think, because I like it uh, about eight seconds from charred. Um, blistered, brown, and oozing. Um, and maybe with a, without a roll, probably not a roll anyway. And I'm cutting the pork because too messy, too much work, too messy, too much work. Now, see, I had to think about it. So you're sticking with your starting burger, benching hot dog. Oh, God, you know what you give you, you have a second to think about it. I'll give mine. I'll be quick. Okay. Because, I mean, they shouldn't take this much thought. Now, you've got a pulled pork recipe that I understand and I've had, but too much work for 4th of July. Of course, I'm yeah. not entertaining anyone. I mean. I could make it out of a pork chop. Yeah, it's the land of the free. Who cares? It's it's the effort you put into it that's your freedom. But I'm going to start with a burger because, like you said, you can basically make a burger, anything you want. You can add anything you want to it. You could put 20 toppings on a burger, and it's still technically a burger, even if there's more bacon and cheese on it than burger. I think we went to a place once and we put every topping on the menu yeah, on that burger. Exactly. For three I'm gonna, I'm gonna bench pulled pork. I just if I'm gonna have a pulled pork sandwich or a hot dog, I'm not a huge condiment guy for my hot dog, so I'm eating just a basic hot dog. I'm gonna take the pulled pork. It's more delicious, it's more filling. Yes, it's messy, but who cares? It's fourth of July. Live a little. So I'm cutting the hot dog. I can't believe I'm saying it. I love hot dogs, but I'm going to cut the hot dog. Now, I have a caveat. Okay. The burger wins if I'm cooking. <laughs> okay. Right? You've had somebody's burger that you can barely get through, right? You bite into the roll and you teeth at the burger and you have to say, did someone put the tongue of their shoe in here? I've Not also that. had it the opposite way where I've gone, did they put this on the grill? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd rather be a little bit on the rare side than anywhere near well done on a burger. And I don't want somebody to make me a burger that comes off the grill like a meatball. Well, just pretend you're cooking all of these. So you're going to stick with your original start, uh, starting them. Burger. Yeah, I, I'm a burger, uh, bench the hot dog, cut the, cut the pulled pork. And, and I get it, and, and it's delicious. But I don't know. I... I haven't had it enough to appreciate it. I do I love it. I'm not going to lie. I think this is the most thought you've put into any of our start bench cuts. You're very much it, torn on this. I like it all. You know I love food. <laughs> I, I know. If you said ribs. See, I didn't say ribs specifically because, one, I, say. 
I did. And also, I I had to think of something that doesn't take potentially a day's advance notice to do. You could throw pulled pork in in the morning and it's ready by dinner time when you need it. Hey, you I can I can I can rush one of my rib recipes, but you don't want to in three and a half hours that. Yeah, but you don't want to. You want to you want to make sure it's got that time to rest and soak in the seasonings. I you're right. You're right. But I can yeah. I can I can rush it. But hence why I didn't. Didn't put it on there. I I could uh I could actually go to the store in the morning and serve you as you know the best ribs you've ever eaten. I know. By mid afternoon and it's it's that would be not my number one. Day in and day out, we've got to get these pork factories back to work because I'm missing it. <laughs> um, you are missing it. Ooh, hey, it's funny. Not funny. It's, it's, a, it's not really summer if you don't have your ribs. Have you been to the store to buy chicken breast? I have. They like the, the size of dinosaurs. Bre- yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's great because you can get like four pieces out of one breast, but it's concerning also. Yeah, well, it's uh, there was a slowdown in the in the processing, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I think pork chops are going to be like Fred Flintstone style when 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 they get that industry back. 100%. I can only imagine. All right, so that was our start bench cut. We have one more thing to talk about, and it's how the ultimate Pistons fan found a way to get back at the Bulls all the way back in 1993. So, Paul, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of playing it, but I remember playing NBA Jam as a child a lot. I love the heating up. He's unconscious from beyond the arc. Like, the catchphrases were phenomenal. Boom shakalaka for dunks. Like, I, just, I still say some of those phrases just randomly now. So, never heard of it, had to look it up. <laughs> um and i know i don't I, I i don't know did my son play it did i buy it for him i'm sure he did um because he played almost everything so uh, unknown to me but well it was a very popular biggest, game the big world's biggest vengeful nerd is what i think of when you told me about this <laughs> that, that i mean that's kind of true so if you haven't heard the story yet one of the people that worked on NBA Jam was a huge Pistons fan. The funny thing is, the company Midway that created the game was Chicago-based. And it was in the height of Michael Jordan and the Bulls' title runs. They were on their third year of winning, for going for the three-peat. And NBA Jam came out. And this guy, being the ultimate Pistons fan, threw a little glitch into the game. If the Bulls and Pistons ever came down to a final second shot for the Bulls to win. Now, it's kind of funny to think about that this guy had put this much thought into it, but it was at the height with the Pistons and the Bulls and the bad boys of Detroit going up against Michael Jordan. It was the whole thing. If you watch The Last Dance, they had like three episodes on it. So he would make it so the glitch was in the last seconds, if Scottie Pippen or Horace Grant took the shot to win the game with no time left, the shot would never go in. Ever. So the Pistons would win. And I go back to biggest vengeful nerd in history. But not only that, huge fandom. Like, you have to be a diehard fan to even think about that, to even come up with the idea to (laughs) to program this big video game that your company's coming out with based in Chicago where you're living among the 
most like prolific basketball player in history's time period, and you get this little slight in there to mess with the Chicago fans if they ever play this game and have to take a last second shot against the Pistons. I am. I. I. I why would he admit it? It's years later. Who cares? It's funny now because of the last dance and all that. If you're going to admit it, you admit it now after that whole situation with the documentary. It's kind of at the height of it would be kind of funny. Nobody cares at this point. True. And probably retired. (laughs) And he probably wants everyone to say, oh, wow, that man's cool. I'm going to guess there's a good amount of people that everybody's had a good chuckle. I feel at this. I actually didn't read. I just read the headline I saw first, which it was NBA Jam creator puts glitch into the game to mess with the Bulls. So I thought it was like he did something where nobody could like the Bulls could never win. I didn't know what it was. And then I read this and I was like, you know what? What are the odds, right? He's a nerd, but he's an ultimate fan in that situation of nerds. And he is this entire time saying, yeah. That's I, I I did that. And who knows if that situation ever occurred? I mean, I'm sure I had to have. And I would have loved just to see, like, know how many. I wish there was a way to figure out how many times it did and how many angry kids it created. <laughs> <laughs> who now hate this guy. Yeah, like, how many kids, like, were, like, lost a friendship because they got well, super well, mad that Scotty Pippen missed the shot, like, seven times in a row in seven games because your friend for some reason kept being the Pistons and in very close games. So in the, in the, in the litigious world we live in, where's the class action lawsuit begin? (laughs) Took my fun away. Yeah, exactly. Good money on that game. I want my money back. I'm sure it's being worked up as we speak. Oh yeah, of course it is. But yeah, that was, I thought that was a fun little thing to uh, close out on uh, the ultimate (laughs) revenge because you can't win in real life, you might as well win in the virtual one. There you go. There you go. That's my well, new well, thing. Vengeful nerd. Vengeful nerd. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go around saying that. You you might you might get labeled. Oh, that's true. I'll just say VN. Or they'll make a movie about nerds coming and getting their revenge on us. Or has that been done already? It may have been done. Ah, that's a shame. Two, three... Seven times, who knows? It's one of those. It's one of those film franchises that you feel like there's. It's like the Police Academy. I think it might still be going. Well, I didn't watch the first nerd movie, so I probably won't watch the forty-first. Wow, you never. Do you never watch Revenge of the Nerds? I have never watched Revenge of the Nerds. I don't know who was in it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the actors. All I know is it was the main actor on ER was one of the main people in the first two, or the first one at least. The bald guy. Looney. Oh. Yeah, I know him. Uh, but um, I watched it. I also was a kid, and there's definitely some scenes that are inappropriate for children, exposing la- exposing lady parts. So that's probably one of the reasons I actually watched it <laughs> when I was a child. <laughs> or now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or now. I mean, it's I'm still a guy. <laughs> that's right. American Pie. Uh. God bless America. Yep. Where else can you do that? Yeah. I mean, probably like Canada. Anywhere. But they, they had their freedom on July 1st. Like, who does it on the 1st? Right. Can't believe those guys. Anyway, Paul, thank you for joining me. 
we had some technical issues. People won't even be able to tell, but we did. We fought through it. We did, and 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 you know, I started with a beautiful sunset, and now and I, I can't even see you. Now the moon is rising. I'm talking to a black screen. Oh yeah, you are. I wonder why. I... It's nighttime. <laughs> All I see randomly is teeth showing, and it's kind of creepy. And the moon <laughs> is coming up over the uh, whatever this wouldn't, thing is. The, the, wouldn't the even sheets. be able to tell you. I won't get a moon burn. Oh, good. Well, stay safe. Paul, thank you for joining me. Thank you for working through the technical issues that nobody else will know about except us, but now they know because we said it. Well, you uh, seamless, seamless technology over there. Nice job. You're my seamless, hero. Seamless Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. What happened to that 5K stuff? I don't think it exists. It's a conspiracy. 5K? You mean 5G? <laughs> 5K is a marathon. Oh, boy. I should have ended it when we ended it. <laughs> 5G. Well, it's still old. 5G. What? what 5G. It's what letter are we on? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I can't wait for that 6Z to come out. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Paul, well, you know what? You're on vacation. To the wee hours. I think I hear the sloshing on your side again. Okay. Paul, I'm going to say... <laughs> Thank, thank you for joining me. Happy happy one year anniversary. Happy one year, happy birthday, America. Uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Everybody, enjoy your Fourth of July. Enjoy America. I don't know. Enjoy the fireworks. Somebody's gonna have them, whether it's your neighbor or on TV. Somebody will have some fireworks. Enjoy those. Stay safe though. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family if you can. Have a happy Fourth of July. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. The Sports Sports Dance. Dance.